0: We'll give you the toll-free call-in lines here momentarily where you can join us. The us tonight, it's me, Daryl. And Chris. And, you know, we've got a lot of really good stuff that we have brought (laughs) to uh, the show here. And, you know, we'll try to get through as much of it as possible. But, again, you are welcome to call in 855-450-FREE. Now, Chris, I know that you know we're both somewhat politically active in slightly dif- different spheres. I think that's an understatement, but uh, go ahead with your thought. But do you recall hearing a couple of months ago the uh, good news, and I'm using air quotes there, uh, the good news for the Libertarian Party when some court said that the CPD – may or may not have violated some campaign finance rules. And the with CPD being? The Commission on Presidential Debates. There we go. Uh, yes, I do recall that. And I tried to warn people of, hey, don't get ahead of yourself. This isn't actually saying what you think it says. Right. It's just telling the FEC, that's the Federal Elections Commission, that they need to take another look at... The rules on whether or not the Commission on Presidential Debates has violated any campaign finance rules by basically hosting three 90 minute advertisements for the Republican (laughs) and Democratic Party. And I've actually got in my never nicotine stained fingers a copy of LP News for April and this actually came in my mailbox a couple days ago had no plans to you know pick this thing up uh tonight on the air but there's a headline libertarian party wins court case against the FEC and CPD and while it sounds good to say that
1: sounds good so far
0: because yes the court did say that you know hey FEC you need to relook at uh the CPD's criteria here because it might be designed to favor the republicans and democrats so the fec actually did comply and you know they took another look they took another look there we go
1: so i'm sure they found
0: complying with the court ruling
1: there you go that's that's all the ruling said just take another look
0: right so that's the you know sort of backstory Mm -hmm. article that i saw today from ivn which is the independent voters network headline update fec says mountain of evidence against debate commission not enough
1: well only one mountain well that's probably where it large the
0: mountain well
1: yeah but still one mountain i mean that's Just not enough to to really make any changes by.
0: Everest Uh, is a really large mountain.
1: So there's only one of it. Exactly. And if you look at the the total size of the earth, the round earth, the globe, then it really isn't that big of a deal. You're kind of making a mountain out of a molehill here, Daryl. So
0: let me jump into the article here in 2014 and 2015. A group called Level the Playing Field filed two complaints against the Commission on Presidential Debates with the Federal Elections Commission. So they filed both of these complaints with the FEC. Simply put, Level the Playing Field argued that the CPD was not a nonpartisan organization as its tax-deductible nonprofit status requires, and that the commission's rules requiring candidates to get 15% in the polls in order to qualify for the debates— was unfair i agree the fec dismissed both complaints without any real consideration in january the group level the playing field filed a complaint in federal court to challenge the fec's administrative decision as being arbitrary capricious and contrary
1: to law that's how you say things folks when you don't want to cuss
0: yes (laughs) Uh, in february so one month later Federal judge agreed with level the playing field, issuing a blistering opinion against the FEC. As part of that opinion, Judge Chutkan ordered the FEC to reconsider the mountain of evidence in support of LPF's, LPF being level the playing field, uh, against LPF's arguments against the partisan nature of the CPD and unfairness of the 15% rule. In March, the FEC chose not to appeal the decision. Instead, they complied with the judge's order and reissued an opinion that, quote unquote, considered the evidence. And it's a 33 page order that the FEC put out. Definitely worth a read if you're interested
1: in, you know, that sort of stuff. Well, what I think is important for for listeners who may not be completely aware, maybe you can walk me through this, Daryl, Okay, is uh, so we got the Federal Elections Commission. We have the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates. Yes. Who are these people? I mean, federal, so they're part of the federal government? So the FEC is a federal agency. Yeah. The
0: president of the United States gets to appoint uh, commissioners. On the FEC. And they can be and libertarian. Right now, they, c- In theory, they could be. Oh, they're not. Uh, currently, there is, I believe, one vacancy. There are three Republicans and three Democrats that generally always serve. Because there's, there's a rule that says that uh, one party can't have more people than the others absent a vacancy. So if one of the Republican commissioners resigns then the democrat
1: there can be 3 democrats until that vacancy gets filled well if that's a rule then where's the green party's equal shouldn't it be two republicans two democrats and two people from the green pa- oh there's a libertarian party too so shouldn't it up oh, there's a constitution party too what am i forgetting there's got to be at least one more out there the point is folks is this stuff is rigged yes so, you know, a lot of us that are are more libertarian leaning tend to look at Republicans and Democrats and go, "Okay, you you, you separate on the issues on a couple key points, but a lot of the things you guys agree on." It is right. it is sort of this duopoly of right. American so, politics, but but these other parties just don't get a voice, right? And so, why don't they? Uh, well, because it's the Republicans and Democrats that make the rules
0: that you know, support and perpetuate the Republican and Democratic parties. There you go. Uh, So the FEC, yes, is a federal agency. The CPD, the Commission on Presidential Debates, no, no, it is not. It was a group formed in the mid-1980s from former Republican and Democratic Party (laughs) national chairman, and the claim is... We're nonpartisan, but really they're bipartisan. Exactly. And that's where the whole sort of thing comes in. And what a lot of people don't realize about the 15% rule, they did not have that rule until after the 1992 election. In Whoa. 1992, <laughs> there was this little guy from Texas like to talk about pie charts i got a pie chart right here that shows the percentage of debates in which there's been somebody other than a republican or democrat and you notice how small that sliver of pie is ross Ross perot Perot. i voted for him do you know what ross perot was polling when he was included in the debates
1: i can't remember but it was percent eight percent eight but he single digits but following those debates his numbers went up yes they did and they went
0: up dramatically uh, there, so they had to put a, a stop to that a uh governor in minnesota who at the time he was included in debates was not a governor uh we actually had him on the show mm-hmm. a couple months ago jesse ventura yep. he was polling at very low double digits so you know like 10 11 12 percent somewhere around there was included in the debates and wound up winning with you know like
1: 36 37%. Right. And that was that was one a lot of uh, a lot of the commentators did not see coming at all.
0: Right. So, you know, inclusion in debates, yes, it is very important, but when you have an arbitrary rule like this, oh, you got to be polling at 15%. Well,
1: when I was growing up, you know, back in the 30s and 40s, we had the League of Women Voters who seemed to be the ones that put on most of the presidential they were running debates. They the
0: debates until the CPD was created. CPD asked if they wanted to be involved and they said, we will not be involved in this fraud being perpetrated upon the American people. Here, here, Your calls and thoughts. Welcome 855-455- free. That's 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450- free. That's 855 We've been talking about the Commission on Presidential Debates and the FEC, that's the Federal Elections Commission. And, well, yeah, that's kind of all messed up. But you know what else is really messed up in this country? Health care. We need a health care system that focuses on health, not on sickness. Sure, health insurance pays for treating sickness, but it gives you nothing for being healthy. Doesn't that actually incentivize illness instead of health? Well, there is a free market health care company that can give you freedom from health insurance, health dot com. They give you a proactive health assessment daily and a no charge 24 hour access to doctors. HIPAA has messed up medical records so much that one doctor doesn't know what the others are doing. How about getting a medical information card that you can give to ems first responders the emergency room whatever medical professional you want check them out right now health excellence select dot com any kind of doctor traditional integrative chiropractic acupuncture even massage you will love the service and the price health excellence select dot com in studio tonight it's daryl and chris and we'll get back into this story from IVN, that's the Independent Voter Network, but first to Skype, where we've got Liberty Lover joining us. Liberty, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts.
2: Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Doing well. I, I noticed uh, a lot of people have been discussing that court ruling on the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates when it really doesn't mean much of anything. Uh, but something was floating through my mind the other day on this exact same topic, actually. I noticed that there are other places that have third-party presidential debates. In fact, I believe one in Colorado actually invited uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, if you remember yes, that.
0: Yes, you're talking about the uh, Foundation uh, Free and Equal Foundation. Yeah, Free uh, and Equal. They hosted a debate, and they did invite Donald Trump. They did invite... Uh, Hillary Clinton. They did invite Jill Stein. They did invite Gary Johnson. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, none of those people showed up, but a handful of other presidential candidates did show up for that debate.
2: And what I was noticing is, you know, the Commission on Presidential Debates really cannot stop the Republican or Democratic uh, candidates from going to any of these
0: (laughs) that's where you're wrong (laughs) actually because they have what's called a memorandum of understanding that while nobody's ever actually read the document uh people that are familiar with the documents have said that there's basically a non-compete clause uh, by saying i will participate in the cpd debates you also say I will not participate in any debate hosted by any other entity.
2: That, that's not what I was exactly trying to say. I said nothing is stopping them from saying I'm not going to attend oh, the yeah. CP debate. Yeah, yeah, I CP. see what ah,
1: you're saying. Okay, yep. Yep. I, I yep. thought you different. said that,
0: that there was nothing stopping them from
1: attending other debates. But I think and, it's interesting what you bring up, Daryl. That that you know this is <laughs> such a racket between the Republicans and Democrats that they even like sort of enforce their own non compete against anybody else who right. wants to see third party candidates on the same stage debating issues that Correct. to me is the big deal you know i hey the world isn't fair and sometimes people get screwed and stuff like that i get it but what i really 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 want to see is the difference in answers between a, a jill stein or a gary johnson with a donald trump or right. a hillary clinton that right. to me is what people need to see and chris
0: you had mentioned the league of women voters that previously from 1976 through 1984 ran the debates Mm -hmm. and a lot of people will mention that in 1980 john anderson was included in a debate oh yeah he was but the only time there have been three presidential candidates on a major debate stage was 1992 with ross perot because jimmy carter refused to debate john anderson (laughs) so when carter refused to debate anderson the next two debates they did not invite anderson because they knew that carter wouldn't show up and they wanted to have the sitting president in two of the three debates yeah i don't
2: know go ahead I, i I actually think that's what cost. uh, That might have been part of what cost Jimmy Carter the election, as he was a little weak. Uh, If if there is to be a commission on presidential debates, what what do you think the rules for getting in should be? Well, one,
0: I don't think there should be a commission on presidential debates. But two, since there is one, I say just strike out that fifteen percent requirement, and that would still require. That the person be constitutionally eligible to be president and have achieved ballot access on enough states to where they had a theoretical chance to win the presidential election, which this year would have, I believe, or last year rather, would have had four presidential candidates on the debate stage. Uh,
2: I've got to ask, does that, um, for, for example, uh, part of the campaign Evan McMullen ran, for example, uh, would that include him because he was technically a write-in candidate in uh, enough well, states to win? He
0: he was on the ballot in 11 states. So the uh, CPD rule, mm-hmm. other than the 15% requirement, is that you're on the ballot in enough states.
3: Hmm.
2: It didn't equal it. I'm just saying, like for example, Evan McMullen had barely over a hundred electoral votes he could access, but right. he had enough with the write-in Correct. status, would, uh, would which I believe
0: is right? why he may have been invited to the free and equal mm-hmm. thing because of you know the states where he did have that write-in status. Uh, I would love to see you know all of the candidates that are on a
1: ballot somewhere be invited to at least one debate. Here's a thought. How about the free market? Why don't Why don't we have these put on by media companies? Because that's pretty much what they are. They're just an excuse to get lots of TV viewers for them. They love it. Um, so, yeah, Fox News sponsors a debate, and they can invite whoever the heck they want.
0: That would make sense. But, again, they would need to come up with some kind of objective criteria. Which is fine. And they why? would probably set that criteria of, oh, you've got to be pulling – Let's just say somebody's polling 15%. They'll jack it up to you've got to be polling 20%. you have got to be polling 25%, 30%.
1: That's fine. Then somebody else could come up with a debate that's, that's more fair because people might and be clamoring for
0: in it. In theory, that's a really great idea. In
1: actuality,
0: because I've hosted debates and tried hosting <laughs> other debates. And been in debates. Uh, last year... I tried putting together a debate for uh, the gubernatorial candidates here in New Hampshire. Sure. Invited everybody that filed. The only person that responded, I will attend, was someone who did not get enough petitions to even make it onto (laughs) the ballot. I'll be there. Uh, NH1, which... I believe is going out of business on the uh, broadcast television. They put together a debate and said, you've got a poll at 10%, even though ballot retention is 4%. So they basically set the criteria of everybody that's not a Republican or a Democrat. Liberty Lover, thank you for the call. And there's more to this story from ivn that we'll get into and of course your calls and thoughts 855 450 free that's 855 450 3733 Bitcoin.com recently reported Bitcoin transaction fees have increased by more than 1,200% since 2015. To many Bitcoin proponents, the current fee market is moving way too fast, making Bitcoin unusable for certain transactions. The fee market and slow confirmation times have also increased the tension concerning the block size debate. However, if there are wallets with low amounts of Bitcoin that can't cover the fees, they become virtually unspendable. Learn more at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We're talking about debates. You you could say we're debating debates. I
1: knew that was coming, Daryl.
0: In studio, it's Daryl. And Chris. And the reason we're talking about this is because, well, there was a news article that came out from the Independent Voter Network. Update, FEC says mountain of evidence against the Commission on Presidential Debate, not enough. And again, this is in response to a lawsuit filed in January by a group called Level the Playing Field saying that, you know, the FEC's administrative decisions that the CPD was, you know, somehow being fair by only allowing Republicans and Democrats level the playing field, filed a suit in federal court. The federal judge agreed with the group and issued an opinion that a lot of people had said, this is a major victory. The CPD is finally going to have to change their rules, blah, blah, blah. No, actually what the court ruled was the FEC had to re-examine their decision that the CPD was a nonpartisan organization And the FEC chose to comply and reconsider the evidence. The decision, and I've posted a link to the article from IVN on the Facebook and the Twitter for Free Talk Live. And there at the bottom of that article, you can find that 33-page decision for yourself and read if you want to. Uh, But the the decision addresses many of the arguments and pages of evidence offered by Level the Playing Field's complaint. However, it offers little in the way of a rationale for why no candidate other than a Republican or Democrat has qualified for the debates in 25 years, especially considering that 76% of Americans who were recently surveyed said that they want to have at least one more person in those presidential debates. Notably, the FEC, Chris, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. is a commission made up of six appointed members, three Republicans and three Democrats who have been unable to make decisions on some stuff because of hyper-partisan deadlock. Decisions by the FEC require four members of the commission to agree. So when asked to reconsider its opinion On whether the composition and rulemaking of the CPD were unfair to everyone except for members of the duopoly, the decision seemed easy. The FEC's opinion rationalizes partisan activities, statements, and even donations made by the CPD members and chairs. For example, the decision shrugs off public statements by CPD members that express clear opposition to the inclusion of independent or minor party candidates into the debates by rationalizing, quote, there is no indication that the statements from the officers and directors were made in their official capacity as representatives of the CPD.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. So I'm just jaded at this point. Here we
0: have the, you know, Quotes from the chairman of the CPD saying he doesn't want anybody other than Republicans or Democrats in the FEC saying, well, there's no indication that he made that statement in his official capacity.
1: Hey, just uh, he's kind of got that feeling.
0: The FEC also points to an interesting argument made by the CPD that having more inclusive debate standards would create an unacceptable risk that leading candidates with the highest levels of public support would refuse to participate. In other words, we can't control the political
1: parties because the political parties control us. That is exactly it. And, I mean, there's a lot of things that are rigged in this country, and, you know, we kind of live in more of an oligarchy than a constitutional republic, in my personal opinion. Um, So it's not surprising that the selection of our leaders is going to follow the same thing. It does not only that, but it does at every level. I mean, we can talk about U.S. senators and how state legislators used to select their senator to represent the state to go to Washington. And the 17th Amendment did away with that. You know, so now special interests select our senators for us and, and then they go and they look like NASCAR drivers or they should. Uh, When they get there, Um, it's just
0: I I think an even bigger problem. And it's something that very few people talk about is the fact that we have legislators choosing their constituents instead of constituents choosing
1: their legislators. Well, maybe there's a little gerrymandering going on. It's insane. And, And you're exactly right. So that that takes the step down to the congressional level. So well, we've no, got not, I, I'm not even talking as high as Congress.
0: I'm talking about you have state representatives and state senators. Oh sure, choosing who they are going to represent. I, I get that part because it's but, the state legislators that draw the congressional maps. It's the state legislators that draw the
1: state district maps. Right, but but my point is is that in every level of the federal government, where we select people at the presidency, in the Senate, and in Congress, in the House of Representatives, all of these are rigged. Yes. The selection is rigged completely. So so when you say, you know, I, I voted, I, I'm exercising my right, my civic duty, because if I don't vote, I won't make a difference, and I want my voice to be heard. Well, it's not, you know, and it's right. a shame, and it should not be this way. And this is not how a, our country was started.
0: There's a quote that oftentimes gets manipulated slightly and i've actually pulled up the russian text and had it properly translated by someone who is russian and the the quote and i'm going to paraphrase here is uh, again i believe attributed to stalin that says it doesn't matter who votes it matters who counts the votes yeah well, I, I contend it doesn't matter who cast a ballot. It matters who creates the ballot.
1: Sure, because sure. you've
0: got you know, as you mentioned, you've got you know a group of Republicans and Democrats that wind up determining who's even allowed on the ballot.
1: right. And this issue is called ballot access. And we talk a lot about voter rights and things like that. and there's a lot. like the the left will talk about that. And, you know, they'll say, you know, we have to make sure that everybody gets their chance to vote and the right will say that there's voter fraud going on, and we've got to make sure this doesn't happen. That's all smoke and mirrors, and guys. Mo- most
0: of the high-profile uh, cases that you hear about voter fraud is some Republican operative trying to prove <laughs> how easy voter fraud is
1: that, does that winds up
0: getting convicted of voter fraud.
1: That happens uh, occasionally. But Democrats, uh, there's blood on your hands on this one, too, and I'm calling out to all our people listening in Chicago, Cook County. Uh but but that's not the point. The and what Daryl correctly brings up is that government these these political parties are choosing their voters. They're saying because this area leans mostly to the left and the Democrats are in charge of the state house, we're gonna carve this weird shaped pattern through your neighborhoods so we can maximize the, the the count of voters and we're gonna, you know, split Republicans across six or seven different Ones, so they're always in the minority i yeah. mean that's that's it's gerrymandering and, and, and then there's you know you, you allow it
0: there's incumbent protections even though you know a lot of the you know rules that are written down for how you draw a district says that you are not supposed to take into consideration the location of where any of the incumbents live but yet they do yeah that they'll look at that and then they'll look, oh well, you know, this community has historically voted this way. But some of those numbers could just be flawed because well, maybe there's never been a Republican that files in this district because they think they can't win. So, you know, like that there's all kinds of weird
1: things that get taken into consideration. Right. And when we have turned over such an important part of of our country to two political parties which are just clubs you cannot say you're free in any way when you have acceded all power to two private organizations hey. you do not live in a free country
0: as george carlin said it's a big club and you ain't in it and it's the same club they use to hit you over the head this is free talk live your calls and thoughts welcome Eight fifty-five, 450 free This is Free Talk Live. 855-450 free. That's 855-450-3733. In studio, it's Daryl. And Chris. And how would you like to save between five to thirty-three percent on things that you were likely going to buy anyway? Well, I'll tell you how you can do that. You go to save at purse. Com. And there's two ways that you can make this work for you. Let's say you're in a hurry and you only want to save 5%. You can get a guaranteed 5% savings there at saveatpurse.com. I actually ordered something a few days ago where I got two 12-packs of buy Coco Fusion variety pack. So it's a coconut drink and the variety pack has like coconut and raspberry, coconut and lime, coconut and pineapple, and then just the plain coconut. Got the variety pack. Two of those saved you know, 5%, so saved $2 off. There have been other things where I've saved 20, 25% or more in total. I've used this 54 times and saved over $500. Ian... Ian Freeman, the main co host of Free Talk Live, he's saved a lot more than me because he's made some you know, larger purchases than I have, but it's just that easy. So you go to saveatpurse.com, and then you know, if you want to do instant, you do instant. If you want to get a higher percentage, then what you'll need to do is put things into an Amazon wish list, then import the wish list into the account there at saveatpurse.com, and then you fund the account with bitcoin and then you know it's through the magic of somebody wanting to buy your bitcoin at a markup you wind up getting the items on your doorstep or your mailbox or wherever your mail winds up going win 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 and then when you pick up the item you mark i have the item and then the bitcoin goes from escrow to the person that made the purchase save at purse.com Changing gears slightly from the FEC to uh, another lawsuit, because that whole thing about the Federal Elections Commission and the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates was spurned because of a lawsuit saying that the CPD rules were unfair, and now there's... A very interesting lawsuit that might wind up seeing Warner Brothers have to pay out nearly $1 billion. You got it. Because of
1: ghost? Because of ghosts. And this is coming to us from uh, Business Insider. And the headline is Warner Brothers might have to pay $900 million if they can't prove ghosts are real. (laughs) So, first of all. I just love that.
0: You know, th- this is one of those things to where when you hear that, it's like, okay, so what caused this lawsuit? Sure, sure. And then there's all the
1: questions of how do you prove that ghosts are real? Well, let's tackle the first part first. The first yes. question first. So the studio and filmmakers behind the successful Conjuring franchise. Never heard of it. Never heard of the Conjuring never heard of it yeah it's it's been a very big film franchise and i got a couple more uh coming in i think uh studios and filmmakers behind the successful conjuring franchise are being sued by an author for 900 million dollars the three films in the franchise grossed 886 million at the global box office And two more films are on the way.
0: So they're being sued for more money
1: than they've made from the films. You got it. But they got two more uh, evidently in the can. They get ready to go out. Author Gerald Brittle wrote a book about the Warrens in 1980 called, called The Demonologist. Brittle claims that he had an exclusive agreement with Ed and Lorraine Warren, the paranormal investigators whose case files are dramatized in The Conjuring Movies all right warner brother pictures made its own deal with the warrens that kind of went around this author which led to the production of the conjuring the conjuring 2 and annabelle which was another in the series
0: all right so let me see if i understand this so far you've got this author guy uh gerald brittle yep winds up you know contacting a couple of paranormal investigators
1: who have a very fascinating story to tell
0: yep I want to write a book about your story. Yep, and I want it exclusively. And I am the only person that can write books about your story. Sign this contract. And they say, all right, we're cool with you being the only person that can write books about our thing. Sign the contract. or And then Warner Brothers says, we want to make a movie about your thing. And right. they're like, that sounds good. We like money. <laughs>
1: And so they sign a contract with Warner Brothers. Well, yeah. And the question is, I mean, the the legal question is going to end up being where was this actual? Uh, well, we'll we'll finish it up because the story itself is short. We can discuss it at length. Uh, what makes the and suit? I, I just pulled up the three hundred fifty five page. Yeah, I have it lawsuit. Up too. We're going to read that after this. Uh, no, I, I'm just I kidding.
0: Don't think I'm going to have time to figure out whether or not the exclusive agreement that Brittle had was. For sure. books or for all iterations of the story. And that's the very important detail.
1: It is. So I'm going to read this last paragraph, and Daryl is going to read the 358 pages and find this proof that we need. Uh, what makes a suit more interesting than your standard Hollywood contract dispute is an aspect dealing with the movies. Movie studios claim that The Conjuring movies weren't based on Brittle's book and that they are indeed based on, quote, historical facts unquote brittle says that can't be possible because he and other skeptics posits that the warren's case files about paranormal and supernatural activity are fabricated so basically he's saying well if if this is what your lawsuit is based on and you're saying that it is based on historical facts then okay prove that they're facts Prove that ghosts really exist. Otherwise, your whole defense of this claim is is false. You 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 failed. There you go. Right, and this <laughs> th- this sort of you know brings
0: up another discussion. And I I forget the exact wording that a lot of the movie studios are using now to where it, it used to be based on a true story. Right. It's now like based on actual events yes and then they totally you know change the events to where really the only
1: thing that actually happened is the guy woke up that morning and ate breakfast well even better is my my favorite one of these is fargo the movie fargo or the tv show you know heard of it never seen it okay well in the intro it it says i'm going to paraphrase somebody get shoved into a wood chipper don't give away plot details of movies you've never seen (laughs) So anyway. I'm just asking questions. The movie Fargo is a complete work of fiction. And they did take elements of, you know, different horrendous stories that had that happened a in city the Midwest. Of Fargo. Right. But as it starts out, there's this rolling title, you know, and it talks about, you know, the, the everything you're about to see actually happened. Out of respect for the dead. Uh, names out, have of, been changed, out of express blah, blah, for blah. the living, some names have been changed out of respect for the dead. This story is told exactly the way it happened. Now, the Coen Brothers, who did these did did the movie Fargo, they've they've never. I mean, they've said, "Yeah, that's that's all part of the fiction of the movie." That scrolling title is part of the fiction. So people do go to Fargo and they still talk about you know all that stuff in Fargo that right. really happened.
0: But then there's movies like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, was based on actual events. And then there was another movie that i forget what the movie was that was based on actual events and those two movies are based on the same thing oh yeah to where really the only thing that actually happened was somebody somewhere wound up getting either killed or harassed by some psycho person yeah But none of the details were as portrayed in either film.
1: Sure. But you can look at like uh, serial killers like Ed Gaines and and stuff like that that have inspired filmmakers, uh, a lot of different filmmakers, to include certain aspects of serial killers in their films and and things like that. So I I fault no one for a little bit of artistic license, and I fault people who sit there and go, yeah, everything in Fargo really happened just the way they said it did. Well, do a little bit of research right they never intended it that way um but it was a good film
0: right so just trying to scroll through apparently there are five aspects of copyright that one can wind up signing over or granting to another person uh those being reproduction distribution public performance public display and the exclusive right to prepare derivative works And again, we don't know how many of those five the Warren signed over to the author of the book, The Demonologist, and how many they retained and how many they wound up signing over to Warner Brothers. Very interesting. If you know more, please call 855-450-FREE-HOUR-2 coming up next.
4: A funny thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Modern advertisers have been trained to look for trackability in their advertising. And web search ads are great for that. They also help you get the consumer that's looking for products like yours in the moment. But they're expensive and they do nothing to convince people to try your product segment in the first place. They help you get a bigger piece of the pie. But branding mediums like radio grow the pie itself. Free Talk Live's on more than 150 stations and we can help advertisers with little budgets and big ones. Send me an email. Mark at FreeTalkLive.com It's Mark at FreeTalkLive.com
5: is free talk
0: live kicking off our number two in studio it's daryl and chris and we're talking about this utterly ridiculous <laughs> weird strange thing of a lawsuit in i'm guessing california i uh, probably uh, the article doesn't specify what court, and I did pull up, again, the 355-page filing. And the the story, it's actually the Eastern District yeah. of Virginia. I just saw that. Uh, so Gerald Brittle, who is an author that wrote some books back in the 1980s about this couple that... Or uh, what's the correct term? Paranormal investigators. Yeah, there you go. And he claims to have the exclusive rights of all copyright, blah, blah, to everything about their story. And then Warner Brothers wound up making an agreement with the Warrens to do some movies. And, well... Now Warner Brothers is being sued for more money than they've
1: made on the movies and they're claiming what what's their claim again? They're claiming that these are not based on on uh Mr. Brittle's book, these are based on historical facts. That's their claim and and what Brittle's saying is okay if it's based on historical facts then please demonstrate for me how ghosts are real, because Brittle is one of the skeptics. There are a lot of skeptics uh, surrounding Ed and Lorraine Warren. They've, you know, again, it's the field of paranormal investigation, and I, I happen to believe in a lot of this stuff. I believe that our souls go somewhere, and there is a possibility that they could interact with our dimensions and our planes of existence. That part I'm not disputing, but... But there's been a lot of question about whether things that Ed and Lorraine Warren have said over the years have any real basis to fact. And even some of the people that they've you know, supposedly worked with came out and said, that's really stretching it or that, that was just completely false.
0: Right. So luckily, I did find somewhere in this 355-page document part of the agreement, and they did give... The exclusive rights to publish in the English English language in book form in the United States, its territories and possessions, Canada and the Republic of the Philippines and throughout the world. Uh, They also gave exclusive rights to publish uh, again uh, in the book form, blah, blah, blah. And then it specifies the name of the book. Uh, And then there's the question about, you know, did they sign over all of the rights, which I believe is what the author here is claiming. And I, I think Warner Brothers really has a much better argument of, hey, we're not doing anything in the book form. We're making a movie, right? So just because you've got the rights to make a book does not mean that you have the rights to every variation of you know whatever that can be imagined sure you
1: know audio theater right technically not a book well and maybe he'll get into this in the then the court case should it see the light of day will um you know but maybe he'll bring up well these scenes in the book are are identical to how you portrayed them in the movie so it's kind of crazy to say that it's not yeah i'm just sort of playing devil's advocate here right no pun intended um, but I don't know. Uh, it, it is interesting, and and it it is sort of an intellectual properties question too. You know, um, if if you've been granted rights to do one thing, does that immediately imply that you have rights over anything else that should be done? And I would say no. Right, and you know, again, it brings up
0: the question of how is Warner Brothers going to prove? I guess beyond a reasonable <laughs> doubt that ghosts exist ghost exist or do they just have to have enough because they're the defendant so do they just have to have enough doubt that well ghost might exist so therefore you're not guilty sad
1: enough to sway a judge i don't know um and it's interesting i i just i thought the uh of course it's a it's a catchy headline um yes but just that question of, you know, OK, well, if you're saying that this is actually true and you're basing it on historical facts, then you've, you've got to put the burden of proof on yourself. Now, the burden of proof is it's that these two people walked in and they'd listened around for ghosts and things like that. That's one thing. But if you're asserting that these historical facts include poltergeists and, and strange things happening and, and ghosts, then you, know, you kind of stepped in it. Right,
0: and then you know who uh, again? Who should the burden be on? Should the burden be on the plaintiff to prove that ghosts aren't real, or is the burden on the defendant to prove that they are? <laughs> Do you have any interesting ghost story? Maybe you've met a ghost at some point in your life. Eight fifty-five, four fifty, free. That's 855-450-3733. Let's go to the phones. We've got Sarah calling in. Sarah, have you ever had an encounter with a ghost?
6: No, not really. But I wonder, you know, 30,000 people got killed in the automobiles, um last year. I wonder if they turned into ghosts and hung around their cars.
1: That's a good question.
0: Yeah, well, hung I, around I, I, their I'm cars sure. or hung around other people's cars?
6: I don't know. Their cars are they a lot of times, the scene of the accident? They, they have people have seen the ghost around um, their cars or walking around, you know, the ac- accidents, you know.
1: But you've never oh, seen a watched. ghost. It pops so up in I movies a lot, watched. too. No, never seen a ghost. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No. Have you
0: ever seen have- the movie Ghost where Patrick Swayze winds up, you know, molding the clay pot Hi. as a ghost?
6: See? Yeah, but I, I've, um, I've seen a lot of TV programs about ghosts, and then it kind of it seems kind of reasonable. Like mm-hmm. There was a bus accident on a, uh, the school children bus, and uh, every time a, a car goes to this uh, train crossing, there's a print of their little hands that push the car over the, the train tracks. Wow. So that happens, yeah, because I think they were like, ghosts uh, of the little children, they, they were so traumatized. They help push these cars. Over you know, the I, the I actually ocean. saw
0: it wasn't MythBusters, but it was something similar uh-huh. to that, to where they took a vehicle there, and it's one of these weird sort of optical illusions, to where it looks like it's going uphill, but it's actually downhill. Yeah, and they did this test to where you know they put it in neutral, and you know, sure enough, it you know rolled uphill in air quotes there then they you know did the thing put a level on the ground again. All of the people yeah. do where they sprinkle the baby powder on the back and you do see fingerprints but those are actually your fingerprints <laughs> for when you've touched the back end of your cart So to test this they washed the car, right? And made sure that nobody touched the car, went to the same spot and you know it rolled uphill then they sprinkle the baby
1: powder, and sure enough, no fingerprints uh, are there. I thought you were going to tell us it really happened. No, uh, yeah, those sorts of things exist all across the country. So, when I lived in Oregon, there was a hill like that. We called it Spook Hill. And when I was uh, when I lived in Maryland, uh, I can't remember. I think it was Roarsville. The town of Roarsville had one of those, and it it was severe. I mean, it really looked like you were going uphill. Um, but the 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 history behind that was you know civil war battle and civil right. war veterans and their mm-hmm. ghosts were were all there but i think it's kind of kind of interesting kind of fascinating now, like it, i said i don't rule it out if you know this court
0: case winds up being dismissed or whatever could haunted houses wind up being sued because they're not actually haunted
1: <laughs> the people that uh well, i want to tell one
6: more ghost story i was uh, uh staying at the new barden the Hare krishna um Settlement in West Virginia. I was staying there, but they were told me about this one one house that the white people that were living there, they were they were massacred by the Indians. So the, the ghosts that were that were still lingering in that West Virginia house. Wow.
7: Thank you for
0: the call, Sarah. 855-450-Free. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. If you ever wanted to start your own blog or website, but you've not been able to put that idea into action, well, you're in luck. HostGator, one of the top hosting companies out there, is offering a special deal to Free Talk Live listeners. Go to hostgator.com ftl And you can get up to 50% off their regular prices. Hosting your own website or blog can be intimidating, but HostGator makes it easy. HostGator offers a simple one-click, easy installation for WordPress. They've got 24 hours, 7 days per week, over-the-phone or live chat tech support, and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into the hands of you, the customer. HostGator has a 99.99% uptime rating, so you don't have to worry about outages. To get the special offer of up to 50% off for Free Talk Live listeners, visit HostGator.com slash FTL. In studio, it's Daryl. And Chris. And let's go to Skype, where we've got Ricky calling in from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Ricky, it's been a long time.
8: Darrell W. Perry. I love you, brother. And you too, Chris. Thank you so much for being so kind.
0: Good to hear from you. What's on your mind, Ricky?
8: Well, first of all, I'll make this short. and Maybe I can address it more in the future, but uh, I will be running hopefully next midterm just for personal reasons. Uh, I'm not going to be able to start running in July like I would want uh, for this midterm. Uh, that's for my run for the state house against, uh, representative Rosemary Brown. I'll get her next time. No, but I wanted to, I wanted wanted to talk about all this madness I've been seeing. I remember a while back and I put together a couple links when I put together the Hillary Clinton hack and, uh, the Federalists being behind all of this, including with the Russians. Uh, there was a, uh, Democratic congressman about, I don't know, it was about probably a month or so ago, he's now a newsman, I can't remember his name, made the same link. Uh, the reality is that... Uh, hold on, hold on. The
0: Federalists are connected to the Russians?
8: Yes. Remember I said it was an inside job? This whole thing's being missed on what's really going on here. To me, the whole the whole Trump thing is is really small potatoes to the big problem uh the whole point of this is to incite a war uh i mentioned world uh you know world war three the this uh democratic congressman he actually beckoned to trump for help on this because he pointed out that there was individuals within our government and our uh intelligence community the these are the same kind of called the deep state
1: a lot of people refer to that too
8: yeah, but these, these people have always been around. These are the same people. Remember I told you, Daryl, there is no difference between a fascist dictator and a federalist nationalist. These are the same people, uh, sad as it may be, uh, that took over the, the Libertarian Party. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, uh, <laughs> the Libertarian Party screwed. I mean, once you get taken over by a group of individuals like this, you never come back
9: hold on so uh, who
0: who are the federalist nationalists that have taken over the libertarian well party? And,
1: and i would ask ricky this when mm-hmm. i if i threw three fe- phrases at federalists nationalists yes. and the deep state do you consider them all part and parcel of the same thing or some loose no, no. okay go ahead <laughs> yeah, let me I'll hear your definition
8: sim- yeah very simple uh, when I mean Federalists, I mean Hamiltonian Federalists, like I would be a Jeffersonian. So you're you talking the, you, big government,
1: yes. a very strong central government, a very strong Washington as yeah, a Federalist.
8: I, uh, yeah, We're talking like the original Hamiltonian federalist. Then you have the Democratic Republicans, which I would be. That would be your Jeffersonians. At the core of the Democratic Party, it's the Jeffersonians. At the core of the Republican Party, you have... 10% of that party we're talking about is like the, is the Hamiltonians. These are the Federalists. And then the next 20% is what I call the indifferent Republicans. These are like the ones that oppose the Louisiana Purchase, you know? I'm
1: right, not sure so, if I agree with you on the Democratic Party. I think they're all pretty much big, 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 I, powerful I, central government.
0: I'm still curious. Who are the... Federalist nationalists that you say have taken over the Libertarian Party.
8: Well, I remember you mentioned that, you know, back in the day, the one individual you labeled him as a fascist dictator. I said, there's no difference between a fascist dictator and a federalist nationalist. Well, Uh, these are Republicans. If you're talking
0: about Augustus Invictus, that's one person he is not in charge of the libertarian party in any way. Well, who post- Oh,
8: I know, I know, but they cause their interference. These are the same people who run all the guns. These are the same people who run all the H and these various things. You know, these are the people, the
0: libertarians uh, are running the guns and the no, notes. No, no.
8: federalists, the federalists. These are the, these are the, this is the plight to all sides. These are the same Hamiltonian Individuals that ran the country broke, uh, you know, before Jefferson became president. These are the same people as always. And, you know, they got the supervisor. We have to deal with that in PA. Even with the uh, non-interference rule, like we got need some kind of babysitter, and then you know they're laying in bed, and they went the state and all this and that. We have a big problem with that because the way the m- money's being administered, the Commonwealth ain't got no money. I pay taxes, all the it all gets <laughs> you know, it. yeah, yeah, it's gone. The state just takes it, and Commonwealth ain't got no money. The I real think- problem in our government is these individuals, the you know, the that just screw up everything that's why Hillary got nailed it was the same people it was an inside job I said that before this has been something long in the making because the DNC was try- attempting their coup uh, going back to to 2009 when this started for telling this you know election, uh, in the future you I th- know i it's been ongoing
1: yeah i think if you go back to the founding and the ratification of the constitution and the debates and things like that i think it is very easy to see one group that was very interested in a very 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 powerful central government Yep, it had to strengthen it and that was why we didn't stick with the articles of confederation because right. people and, are like it's too weak and that's why patrick henry you know the guy that said give me liberty or give me death
0: refused
1: to go to the constitutional convention because he said quote i smell a rat right and then you had another group and like you say the uh, jefferson madison these guys who were yeah. more interested in a very very small central government and leaving the power more the power with the states and with the people and and i think that still exists today today i see it as people that are more libertarian thinking are probably the anti-federalists the ones yes. that favored uh power not centralized in dc and and the republican and democratic party the way they exist today are both the hamiltonian you know federalists the ones that want a very very powerful dc and i, I think and the with that the i'm people with you.
0: in charge of the republican and democratic parties and the people in charge in washington make hamilton look like a libertarian <laughs> they do don't they? hamilton would be like wait no that's not what i envisioned ricky thank you for the call your calls and thoughts welcome 855 450 free that's 855-450-3733
10: this is free talk live ross ulbricht was convicted in early 2015 of running the infamous silk road underground market The Silk Road was a gift to humanity and helped reduce the harms brought on by drug prohibition. For this good deed, Ross has been sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now, an appeal is Ross's only chance and he needs your support. Please visit freeross.org where you can contribute via various methods, including Bitcoin. Visit freeross.org. That's (laughs) freeross.org. This is Free
0: Talk Live, 855-450-FREE, that's 855-450-3733, in studio, it's Daryl and Chris. And we're going to change gears here just a bit, go from talking about ghost stories to a couple of guys that, and you know, this might actually be the proof that Warner Brothers needs. (gasps) A couple of guys that actually, well, they acted like ghosts at the very least. A couple of guys that were running the sheep marketplace. Is that one that you've ever heard of? Sheep? No. I know you have heard of the Silk Road. Of course. Uh, I'm guessing you've heard of Alpha Bay. No.
1: Well, I, I'm not up on on the latest sheep, stuff. I was never a Silk Road customer. I right. just I just knew what it well, was and what it did.
0: Sheep Marketplace was an online market, and then the people that were running it turned into ghosts and they just disappeared, taking a large amount of money—about forty thousand Bitcoin. And, well, there's an update on that that we'll get into. But first, to the phones. We've got Don calling in from California. Don, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts.
11: Hey, I don't know uh, where are the radio station is located. I'm, this is the first time I'm calling in. Can you tell me where you're at?
0: Uh, well, we're on about 160 radio stations across the country. So I, I'm not sure which particular station you're asking about the location of.
1: Oh yours. But we're we're doing the show out of Keene, New Hampshire. But we're again oh, yeah, we're syndicated on on a bunch of radio
0: stations across the country. You can find those by going to listen.freetalklive.com. What were you just calling in to find out the location of the station?
11: No, no, no. no I was, not, you know, um, you know, North Carolina. It, wait, New Hampshire, right?
0: Yeah. Yes, we're in New Hampshire. Have you
11: been that's drinking tonight? Like California.
0: No, New Hampshire's on the complete other side of the country from California. I yeah, I
11: know. That's what I was saying. It's unlike California where there's no PC people. Uh, not that much, right? Not, not,
0: not we're, we're like California. You uh,
1: you know, Linux. <laughs> very funny. Uh, and a lot of people that use Mac. I think you uh, will encounter a very different uh, attitude in New Hampshire than you would in California, based on my time I've spent in California.
11: Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I was calling in just to speak about the chemtrails, right? Are you familiar with it?
1: I've heard of it. Go ahead.
11: Yeah, this happens every day.
1: And what... what For people that might not be familiar with chemtrails... Yeah, just give us a brief explanation of what they are and, explanation and what it does. 30-second explanation.
12: What's
11: a chemtrail? Well, they uh, load up barrels in regular planes, right? Airplanes? And they just fly it, and then... It expels out of the uh, back of the plane and into the air, so you can see these um, trails like clouds, but they're not clouds. Huh? When you see them, you, you just know they're not clouds; they're trails of chemicals.
10: That's what kind of chemicals?
11: Of, nobody knows. That's why, that's why I'm cu- That's why I'm curious. I just want to know what they're spraying.
1: Oh, they were spraying something. I'd want to know too. When I was growing up, uh, my my dad would refer to those as contrails because it was. The the water uh, vapor and things like that, uh, as the plane went through it at different levels, it would cause that streak. So this is something different, you're saying?
11: Yeah, because I can see that there are actual airplanes nearby, and these just go down on the altitude. And they don't have even uh, even lower altitude than the other ones. So these that go higher are the ones that are giving out these chemtrails.
0: So the the claim, Chris, is, and Don, thank you for the call, the claim is that chemtrails and contrails are different things because contrails disappear after about five seconds. Uh-huh. But the chemtrails, they stay up there all day and they, they make a crisscross pattern up in the sky. Why are you so, doing
1: an Alex Jones voice? Because <laughs> he's
0: one of the people that Definitely perpetuates per- the... Yeah claim that there's chemicals being put in all of these airplanes and then i've seen stuff to where you know people will share this picture of a test airplane that has barrels yeah. loaded into and it and it looks like and
1: it's it looks like a rocket crop duster yeah right and jet you know, propelled
0: for people that actually know anything about how they test airplanes they will put these barrels in there to simulate a payload of passengers interesting so that when they go fly around you know you are flying something other than an empty large metal tube you're flying a metal tube that has weight distributed as if there were passengers sitting in your plane so that they can then tell you know what the weight distribution sort of stuff is yep but people will share this picture and they're like see here's all the chemtrail chemicals in one of these chemtrail planes
1: so uh a a year or two ago, there was a, quote-unquote, whistleblower who came out who was going to speak somewhat about the whole chemtrail thing, and, and I want to say We Are Change or somebody else, somebody like that had done some interviews with her. Um, it was female. She was in the Air Force and had some sort of information. I should dig into that again, see now, exactly what what the, came of that. Now, the other thing I would bring up is there are certain activities that man does like cloud seeding cloud yes. seeding does occur and that is where they're dropping i think it's silver iodide or something like that uh into rain clouds which will promote the creation of raindrops and things right. like that and, and and cause it to rain so
0: back i i don't remember uh you know how widespread this news was back in 2008 before the Beijing Olympics which were scheduled for rain season right. in China To where it was actually mentioned on mainstream news, oh yeah, the Chinese government is going to seed the clouds to try to get all of the rain to happen before the Olympics begin. So we know that cloud seeding is a thing that has happened. The question is, how often
1: does that happen in the United States? Right. And are we actively manipulating the weather? And that goes back to the theories not only about... Uh, chemtrails and things like that but harp uh, the big installation uh, very low frequency stuff going on in in alaska that has recently been turned over to universities from i think the air force owned it before,
0: and i i've heard that i forget exactly what harp supposedly stands for but the you know quote unquote official story is it's just a set of uh, weathered stations in Alaska but and, and experiments the conspiracy and theories say that it's the weather manipulation thing for the globe yes they they wind up changing all of the weather across the entire planet in Alaska
1: and uh earthquakes and everything like that basically any natural man-made disaster there'll be somebody saying that that's harp ramping up or have they noticed that more? uh energy is emanating out of harp heads up uh if you live in a yeah. tsunami zone it's oh, coming
0: it snowed in april in new hampshire that must be the harp machine <laughs> oh it snowed in you know june that's the harp machine oh it didn't snow at all in october that's the harp
1: machine and i'll i will say this uh we don't know everything that our government does we absolutely do not i, I definitely um, agree and with i that. doubt i i since i seriously believe that there's some things that our government does that would probably scare the living hell out of me um so i don't discount that but what i do like to see when people talk about harp or contrails is give me some proof show me right. something um it's easier and easier just to find look that. up into the sky chris <laughs> look into the sky thank you alex let's go to
0: dave calling in from northern california dave you're on free talk live go ahead with your thoughts
12: Well, I have had, you know, pretty much an overwhelming fear now, and I'm one of several that I shared with here, that our government is falling into the hands of people that are very ill-motivated when it comes to the plight of most of us. That is, there is a corporate greed thing that seems to be prevalent, that what is in the best interest of the people is not. And so if I'm at all accurate in my thinking, if we are, the question I have is what can we, the people, do about it? Uh, I'm remembering back to just a few years ago, there was an Occupy movement. Hold that thought, Dave. Hold hold that
0: thought. We'll bring you right back here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free call-in number. We'll get back to the phones here in just a moment. And we will get back to the article from Bitcoin.com about the dark dark net market operators who stole 40,000 Bitcoin. There's an update on that. And, well, Bitcoin.com is actually the most unique online destination in the Bitcoin universe. If you want to buy some Bitcoin, go to Bitcoin.com. They can help you. Want to speak your mind to other Bitcoin users? Their forum is always open and censorship-free at forum.bitcoin.com. There's no bigger believers in Bitcoin than the team at Bitcoin.com. That's why this is... A one-stop shop for everything you need to get into Bitcoin life. You can also play games at games.bitcoin.com. Learn more at bitcoin.com. That's bitcoin.com. Back to the phones. We've got Dave calling in from California, and Dave, we had to uh, you know cut you off in the middle of the call. So continue with your thoughts.
12: Well, in brief, I'm saying that I believe, and I'm one of many that does, that our government is now worse than ever in the hands of some very ill-motivated people. We we believe, most of us, that they got in because the United States still uses electronic voting and somebody in a laptop in a...
9: Well, there's
12: actually a lot of the country...
0: Dave there's a lot of the country that does not use the electronic voting machines. Here in New Hampshire we still have paper ballots. Chris you were actually doing a hand count on some paper ballots a oh, couple yeah, we, of weeks we, ago. We did that every election.
1: But um so I am curious when you talk about this and and it's, you're talking about manipulation of elections by people in power maybe people that own uh the companies that produce these machines and I've seen those assertions. Did you do you believe that that stuff occurred also in previous elections, say, you know, Obama's, you know, 2012 win?
12: I believe we had elected a president, Al Gore, but that didn't happen. The bureaucracy wanted Cheney and Bush. I think that, I don't think Obama was what would be the people's choice, although, I mean, they may have been better than a hell of a lot, but, I'm pretty sure everybody I know right now lives in fear of what the impact of this Trump administration is going to be. We look back just a few years ago to when Occupy came out of nowhere, and there's millions of people that are really concerned about what's happening, and it's getting worse. So we ask, what can we the people do? It's some kind of a democracy or a republic but we're we're supposed to have a voice, but we're supposed to even have the final say, how have they brought us off in such a manner, well, controlled our government?
1: Yeah, I, I got to say this, only because yeah, I, I'm I'm a libertarian, small-l guy. Um, I believe that yeah. I'm, I'm more interested in, in returning rights to the people than and leaving it in Washington. But what you sound like to me and this is not an insult this is just an observation is you sound like many of my conservative friends at the time did when uh obama was elected the first and second times that this this man is a threat to uh our society our threat to our world my gosh it's going to be it's he's dangerous it's very dangerous so what i'm saying is is um You know, looking back to me five or six years ago, I sympathize with how you're feeling. Um, My my viewpoint now that I've taken on probably a a little different look at politics is it doesn't really matter who's in there; nothing good's going to come out of it. If if that makes sense, Uh, a lot of what Trump says does worry me very much, but a lot of what Obama did and said worried me too. Yeah, it does make
12: sense because. uh... Uh, You know, I don't know if we have any way to go. Do you have you thought it out? Can the people rise up and say we do not want a government in place that is only acting to our detriment and only there to benefit a very small fraction of one percent?
0: Well, one of the problems, Dave, is the election system that we have to where you get to vote for one and only one candidate and then people buy into this whole you know wasted vote stolen vote uh you know split vote sort of thing of if i vote for the person that i actually want then the person that i don't want more than any of the other people i don't want <laughs> they're going to wind up getting elected and so you know the people that are you know more conservative or libertarian wind up being told that you know the democrat the big bad evil democrat will win if you vote for the candidate that you actually like and the people on the left the more liberal people the progressives they get told that if you vote for the green party or the socialist party then the big bad evil republican will wind up winning Whereas if we had something like approval voting to where you get to vote for everyone that you approve of, then you know, chances are you and I, I can say coalition. this well, I, I can say this uh you know with a lot of confidence. Donald Trump not only would not be the president right now, he never would have been the Republican nominee because he was polling At about 35% in the early primaries last year. His approval rating was about 35% (laughs) during that time. There were other candidates that had approval ratings of 40, 50, 60% that were only polling 5,
1: 10, 15%. Right. Hey, Dave, uh, you may may be around my generation, uh, but do you remember the 1982 election or 1980 election? I think in 80? 80, Reagan.
0: 80 was yeah. Reagan yeah. defeating Jimmy Carter. 84 was Reagan Thank v. You. Mondale where he okay. won basically everything but Massachusetts.
1: Got it. But do you remember hearing in 1980, you know, if you vote for John Anderson, you're really voting for Reagan?
12: I do remember that being said. Yeah. And I suppose there was there was something to it. It was a vote that wasn't going to go to Carter, as it wasn't going to be a vote for Reagan either, but it it took away what would have been your second choice. And I think you're saying run out of voting, if we could pull for that, might be a heck of a lot better than what we've got now. But are the ballots that are being put in these electronic machines being counted and did it really reflect the will of the people? I do believe we should have more than one choice.
1: I do too yeah. but right. I, I that's, right now, that's the what choice
0: we, is do you want somebody that's going to control your life or do you want somebody else that's going to control your life? Freedom sadly is not generally an option,
1: yeah, and it's 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 insane and and governments around the world somehow manage to hold these elections. Where there's four, five, six people on the ballot, 10, 12, 15 I, people I on the ballot. I just saw a thing
0: where France, they're having a presidential election, and there was a debate with like nine or ten candidates.
1: And these are all different parties. And yes. and that's the thing, you know, Dave, if, if I could change one thing, if there's one thing I would compa- uh, I, I would try to convey to people, and I do this all the time, is if you have a choice of A or B, you have no choice. We have to change the mindset of people to where they're at least accepting of the idea that there may be somebody else out there whose voice should be heard. Other ideas that we, we may be able to have. And I, I'm no fan of Jill Stein. I, I admire her for, for her perseverance. Politically, we're not aligned. But I would love to have a Jill Stein up there on the stage with Trump and with Hillary and and let her talk about what the Green Party could do, or Gary Johnson talking about the Libertarians or anything like that, and then That's we great. actually get some ideas going.
12: Very much I agree with your thoughts on this. I would like very much. We just saw a choice between a Hillary and a Trump, the two most distrusted people in politics. Right. How did we get stuck with that choice?
6: Yeah,
0: because, you know, they they control the way the system chooses the nominees. And there was less than nine percent of the voters that even voted in a primary for one of those two people. And I want to point out, Dave, that you live in California where they have this thing called the top two to where last election you got to choose between two Democrats for U.S. Senate if you didn't want a democrat to be your senator sorry you had no choice and there was a huge drop off on ballots to where people just did not vote in that race dave thank you for the call your calls and thoughts welcome 855 450 free that's 855 450 3733 this is free talk live
9: hi i'm derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire?
10: The empire does not require my consent. Eric J.'s Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com.
13: Free Talk Live.
0: This is Free Talk live 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 kicking off our number three in studio it's daryl and chris and we briefly touched on the story out of the czech republic although i don't think i said that it was out of the czech republic uh, uh, about the former Sheep Marketplace, which was an online darknet site to where people could buy things that may or may not be legal to, you know, possess. So I, I don't know, know if,
1: anything about Sheep, but was it pretty much like a Silk Road, pretty much a clone of the Silk Road sort of thing?
0: I never went onto that marketplace, so I don't know, you know, if they used the same software. No, 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 uh, I just mean uh, in it general. It basically...
1: If, the same thing if someone wished to go purchase cocaine or something like that with Bitcoin I
0: believe they you could, could purchase cocaine from the sheep marketplace right and other uh, things that may be illegal correct. okay okay good enough and again the story comes from news.bitcoin.com in March 2015. Thomas Jerichovsky was arrested in the Czech Republic for allegedly stealing millions of dollars worth of Bitcoin from the dark net market sheep marketplace. Again, 40,000 Bitcoin. The marketplace had been running on the deep web since 2013 and was notorious for shutting down after a few months of operation due to a so called vendor who stole $6 million worth of Bitcoin. The uh, there, There's a quote here that was posted on Sheep Marketplace at the time. Quote, we are sorry to say, but we were robbed on November 21st, 2013 by vendor eBook101. This vendor found bug in our system and stole 5,400 Bitcoin. Your money, our provisions, all was
1: stolen. I remember hearing about this.
0: According to regional reports, Jirikovsky and his wife Eve, who is allegedly Sheep's programmer, have been going through the motions of trial and will likely be sentenced in the near future. Spokesman Hynek Olma for the regional prosecutor's office there in Czech Republic says he faces 10 to 18 years in prison. Keep that number in mind. For just a second, ten to eighteen years. Wow! And then let's think about because we did mention the Silk Road, the original online marketplace where people could purchase, uh, you know, drugs, for instance.
1: Sure. Fake IDs.
0: Ross Ulbricht, who was the creator, and he was charged with and convicted of having operated the Silk Road. He's serving two life sentences plus 40 years. There were corrupt federal agents that stole Bitcoin from the Silk Road marketplace. Right. They're in jail for like, you know, five to seven years. Ross Ulbricht again, in prison for two life sentences plus 40 years, never stole anything. Right. And the guy that stole 40,000 bitcoin is facing 10 to 18 years.
1: And I will say this and I've said this from the beginning and I know many others have echoed it, but the Silk Road made the world a safer place. Yes it, it did. It did. It allowed people to purchase something that they were going to purchase anyway. That could have been marijuana or cocaine or heroin. The difference is when you ordered on Silk Road, you could see a rating just like an Amazon rating for yep. a vendor. There was an interest that they had in making sure that their product was good and of high quality. Not only could you see ratings, you could also see reviews to where people could say,
0: I purchased some of this. I sent it to a lab. They confirmed that it was 99% pure
1: or or whatever happened to be product. So the government's assertion that, you know, God knows how many people died because of it. I looked at it and said, God knows how many people were saved. When we right. see overdoses and and New Hampshire has a fairly bad opiate problem. Yes. but the issue is is that a lot of these overdoses have to do with fentanyl and and other things being added to it, inconsistent quality, inconsistent, you know right. uh, toxicities. Not, and, not to mention. let's explain
0: for a second what happens on the Silk Road when you leave a negative review for somebody you have then warned everybody that right. this, this person is, is not selling the product that they're saying yeah that they're selling what happens on the street corner when you leave a negative review <laughs> you get you, shanked maybe right you 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 know possibly wind up getting beaten and sent to the hospital if you're lucky if you're not so lucky Six of
1: your friends wind up carrying your casket. Yeah, and and that's it's 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 amazing how many things the free market can do so much better than government. And when we talk about drugs that we're used to talking about as being illegal, this is one of those areas. Right. Demand and has not gone away. Demand is not going to go away. Things that just over a hundred years ago, not only
0: were you allowed to purchase and possess in the United States, but you could buy them from the Sears and robot catalog and have them delivered to your door.
1: Yeah. And I'm not saying that I, I, I'm not advocating the use of opiates to anyone. I think they're very, very dangerous things. I, I think that you really should only use them when you absolutely need them. And I, I would, if I were to advise anyone, it would be say safe. Find safer drugs. If you want a mind altering experience or something like that, Look, look to things other than heroin. You know, I think that's a reasonable thing. Uh, Maybe look into mushrooms or mescaline or something like that. That's fine. Um, But it doesn't change the fact that people are going to do it. They're going to want to do it. They're going to acquire it. And as long as you keep it stuck in a black market where there is no accountability by anyone uh, and government will never stop it. People are going to die. Right. And, and let, the war let's on look drugs at, kills people. Let's look at Portugal for a moment before
0: we get back into the article. 16 years ago, Portugal removed all criminal penalties and all civil penalties for the possession of what they called personal use, which was actually somewhere around like a two-week supply. Right. Here in the United States, you have a two-week supply of something. You're getting hit with an intent-to-distribute charge. Right. Right.
1: You're you're doing federal time.
0: So, you know, Portugal, again, removed all penalties.
1: And you know what happened? I'm only guessing that millions of people died and crime uh, escalated and murder on the street. Crime went down. Crime went down, Daryl.
0: Use and abuse went down because people were no longer scared to go get help. Right. Here in the United States, you go to your doctor and say, I'm addicted to heroin chances are the doctor is going to you know have his assistant call 911 and inform the police get hey the cops down we've here. got a drug user blah 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 and then you wind up you you might go to a hospital to detox and then you're going to jail directly to jail you're not passing go you're not collecting $200 yep if you're lucky you get a public pretender to represent you in some criminal trial where they're dealing with a hundred other cases. They're not really paying any attention to what your charge is, what you did. They'll walk you through a plea deal and then you wind up going to prison and you're left to you know suffer in
1: prison. So New Hampshire made one change to our laws, which I really like, and that's the the Good Samaritan uh, aspect for for opiates. And basically it says what it says is this is, if someone is overdosing in your house, you can call nine one one, and even if the police show up, you will not be prosecuted for things that they see when they go there. Correct. To treat this person who is dying. Correct. And that's a really good law, and I, I wish it were a little stronger. I do too. It, it I does do too. Not but
0: specify that if you go to the hospital, the Sure. Hospital staff. But that's call. that's
1: what we need to do. We need to treat this addiction as a health issue and not as a criminal issue.
0: Yes, and we'll get back into the story out of the Czech Republic about the dark net operators who stole forty thousand Bitcoin here in moments. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-free. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We'll get to the phones here in just a moment. A little bit more that I want to touch on on this story from Bitcoin.com about the sheep marketplace operators facing some substantial time but nowhere near as much time as Rolf albrecht and now I, I just want to be clear that i'm not saying that oh these people should also be sent away for two life sentences plus 40 years i don't think that you know they should be going away for a long time because of running a website now they should be punished for the forty thousand bitcoin that right. they stole that's theft uh Ross Ulbricht, by comparison, never stole anything, just created a website, and he's in prison for the rest of his natural life, unless he's successful on his appeal, and I hope he is. You can find out more about Ross at freeross.org. The story, again, from Bitcoin.com, the spokesman for the regional prosecutor's office in Czech Republic, Heinek Olma says, we filed the indictment for crimes of unauthorized production and the handling of narcotics and psychotropic substances, theft, and illegal possession of firearms. The woman, that being uh, the wife of right. the creator, the woman was charged with the crime of legalization of proceeds from crime. Olma added that Eve, was Eve being the woman here, uh, the wife of Thomas Jerakovsky, is facing three to eight years in prison for being an accomplice. Meanwhile, in the United States, there were a pair of men arrested in May 2016 who had connections to Jarkovsky, Nathan Gibson, and Sean Mackert. And here's something that, you know, if the world's dumbest criminals were still a TV show, this would definitely be covered. (laughs) Uh, Nathan Gibson and Sean Mackert, again, who were operating on a deep web marketplace, tried converting funds via Coinbase and were caught by government agencies in the state of Florida. Coinbase, of course, being one of the online wallets that you can connect your bank account to, to either purchase or sell Bitcoin fairly easily for a small fee. Now you do have to give up some of your privacy and if you're you know selling stuff on the deep web, you don't want to send those Bitcoin to an account held by a company or with a company that has AML KYC compliance. That's anti money laundering right. and know your customer compliance. Yep. So we'll possibly get back into a little bit more of this but again the forty thousand bitcoin actually i'll go ahead and conclude here the forty thousand bitcoin stolen by jierikovsky and his wife was the largest theft in a exit scam in history wow based so, on today's prices uh i i think based on the prices at the time at plus the time. today gotcha. th- there's not been a bigger one so the exit scam is you set up a website and people wind up putting money in it. You know, you could be selling a legitimate product like they were. And then you just close and wind up taking everybody's money. And you don't refund anything to anybody that put right. it in. Uh, so, yeah, should they be punished for stealing 40,000 Bitcoin? Certainly. Should they be punished for having operated a website? Absolutely not agreed let's go to the phones we've got neil calling in from arizona listening to k talks neil you're on free talk live go ahead with your thoughts
5: yeah uh Clyde, you're kind of touching on uh, uh opioids and and marijuana there a little bit
6: mm-hmm. yes
5: and what one, one, one of the biggest dangers that i've heard about and this is even going on in the states where you can actually get the marijuana card so you can According to the state, legally own it, and possess yes. it, and smoke it, and whatever. Yes, they're putting you on. They're putting you on a list, and they're taking away your gun rights. Yeah, Is
10: that's one of those
1: that, that's well, not entirely accurate. I I can kind of get a basically what to purchase a gun. At some point, the ATF gets involved, and that's a Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Yes. at the federal level to purchase. But
5: they purchase, get all of that list, and they.
1: They, they ban you well yeah here's here's how it works when you fill out when you go to buy a, a say a rifle or a handgun or whatever it happens to be depending on your state cuz all states have different rules you fill out what's called a 4473 and the 4473 form asks you questions like have you been convicted of a felony or within the last year or have you ever been convicted of a felony or have you ever had a misdemeanor where the, the penalty was a greater than a year. Have you ever had a restraining order, or a protection order placed against you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And one of the questions is, is and I'm paraphrasing, are you a user of illegal drugs um, or a habitual user or et cetera, et cetera? And, and to that, most people have always answered no. And what the ATF's assertion is now is like, well, marijuana is still illegal at the federal level. Therefore, if you're a user of medical marijuana, then that could be grounds for you to be denied. The key word there is could be. Exactly. Now, and just now,
0: because you have a medical marijuana card does not mean that you are actively using the medical marijuana. Right.
1: But so this puts the uh, medical marijuana user in a real tough spot. On the one hand, they want to exercise their Second Amendment protected rights because they're not rights given to us and by the second amendment second amendment doesn't do anything other than it's supposed to restrain the federal government from interfering with what is our natural right of self-defense so um you want to purchase a gun and you're faced with a dilemma because you use medical marijuana for your illness for your disease or for whatever reason my choices are a i write this down and and the federal government denies me the ability to purchase a gun or b i perjure myself which is a federal crime i run the risk and where it doesn't go it did not mandate that the federal government instantly have uh like electronic connections to all databases in all states of uh people that are have been issued medical marijuana cards for example they can check criminal records they can do all kinds of stuff and when you do a 77 or 4473 form they're checking about eight different databases just when you fill that out and send it in Um, but so far there isn't anything that goes right to medical marijuana databases what i'm a fan of is for states to nullify this action by coming up with their own laws that say we will not share the content of our medical marijuana databases uh, with any federal agency. Period. It's none that of their business. Be, that would
5: be the way to go. That right. Would be the way to go. Hey, I got one more quick question before you guys leave me. A no. few months ago, you guys and I love the name of your show, Ground Zero. You, you uh, know, every now and this and is you not Ground off, Zero.
0: This is Free Talk Live.
5: I mean, I mean, well, uh, okay, but well, you're just <laughs> they're as good as you. You guys are cool. Anyhow. You get on the uh, subject of, uh, of, um, uh, UFOs. Occasionally. And, and, and I, and, and I believe that Frank Costigan called in and I wish you guys could get him on for a segment here pretty soon because... He, you know, he was one of,
4: he's been on, like, numerous Nill, thanks for the call. This is Free Talk Live. Here's a chance to do a little activism while you're cruising Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. Between the LOL cats, the recipes, the hot girls, and the inspirational sunrise memes, Free Talk Live's post pass by your newsfeed, Like them. Comment. It gives us more exposure. If you don't see our posts, click like at facebook.freetalklive.com, and then hover over it to click get notifications. It's an easy way to spread the ideas of liberty a bit further. I know you're busy but you can spare that tenth of a calorie it takes to click on something. Facebook.freetalklive.com
0: This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We're discussing uh, the basically medical cannabis uh therapeutic cannabis depending on what it's called where you live if you live in a state where you know the crown has deemed that you were able to treat yourself with a plant other places they just call it you know oh you've got drugs you go to jail yep and we'll get back to that but you know in some kind of ways cannabis is a supplement so let's talk about nutritional supplements for a minute. Over 60% of Americans take a nutritional supplement, and for good reason. Nutrient depletion of our soil, coupled with dependence on processed foods, has left most people deficient in essential nutrients. But where do you start? If you visit a naturopath, you'll likely be told a cheap vitamin or mineral doesn't cut it. You also need probiotics, enzymes, antioxidants, and other nutrients. By the time it's all said and done, you're buying five bottles of product and spending $150 a month. If this is a situation you've experienced, then you need to know about whole food multi-complete for 15 years. Whole food multi-complete has been quietly providing what the big guys won't the perfect blend of seven supplements in a single product. They've taken the expense and complexity out of following a complete supplemental program. Visit SimplifyMySupplements.com to learn more. That's SimplifyMySupplements.com. Enter code FTL to receive 30% off your first order. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. SimplifyMySupplements.com, code FTL. Let's go to Skype, where we've got Ian calling in from China. Ian, you're on Free Talk Live.
13: Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, my thoughts are, I wish China would at least allow medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. But they have virtually banned every painkiller you can name. Really? I'm in a hospital situation. I've got a patient who is in agony. He, I mean, he is... The very pain he's in could throw him into shock. Wow. I cannot give him anything stronger than ibuprofen.
0: And for those listeners that might not know, Ian, you are a doctor in China.
13: Not, I'm a registered nurse practitioner. I gotcha. I do what the doctor does, but they have to sign me off.
1: Yep, I understand. Okay. So um, how about uh, traditional? Uh, are there any re- uh, restraints on traditional Chinese medicine?
13: Yeah. Recently, they went through all the traditional remedies, and those that contained opioids or barbiturates, or name the list were banned along with the others. Wow. I, I, here's a good example. <clears throat> My patient has been under the anesthetic. He's had a successful gallbladder surgery. He's coming out, but he's got this huge wound healing, and he's in a good bit of pain. He's an older man, and he's overweight. His family had to go black market to get the codeine.
1: Uh, Isn't that insane? That is absolutely insane.
13: Well, they banned it because these are potentially – Habitual drugs. These could hook a generation. We'd rather see tens of thousands die every day. Uh, how many times in America, I'd like a doctor to call in, do you have a patient who is thrown into shock and dies in front of your eyes because you can't medicate him?
1: Yeah, it is insane. And and is the, the Chinese Sorry. response just basically the same as the U.S. response? People are dying from uh, using opioids, so now we have to outlaw all opioids?
13: And worse yet, and I'm sorry for getting so upset, I'm calmed down. That's okay. Uh, In China, they take a very narrow view. And an example of that would be recently one of the political leaders' wives had some problems with stones. Guess what? Morphine drip, no questions asked. Right. Right. It's it's all governments, not just China, yeah. America, Russia. Gov- as soon as you're into a government position, you are insulated from reality.
1: Yeah, you are in yeah. your
13: own little your own little bubble, and the laws that apply to them don't apply to you. And, I'll, and I'll, you believe.
1: It. Yeah, I'll tell you what else happens, and and this is where most people don't think about this, but one of the reasons that we can't just at the federal level say okay marijuana is now legal for you know we're taking it off of schedule one the problem is is that we have made our drug policy part of our foreign policy and in lots of treaties that we've gone into with other countries china's probably part of these too um you know we say you know we're having a war on opiates or other countries all agree that there's a problem with opiates, therefore we must uh, make it part of these treaties. And so, is that why the
0: U.S. military guards the opium fields in Afghanistan? Who,
1: yeah. Who knows on that? Yeah. It's,
13: go ahead. United States bullied China. I, I, we, we're all watching the press. Bullied China into banning over-the-counter access to steroids of any kind. Yeah. They just they beat them up here. Yeah. Well, of course, as soon as the Olympic games were over, I can go right now over the counter. And I can pick up any steroid I want, just about. I can pick up any antibiotics I want. There's no prescription required.
1: But there is for opiates.
13: Over the counter. But if it kills pain, if it brings comfort, if it eases suffering, illegal, throw it away. You're going to jail. And they'll kill you. The government will kill you for using these illegally. Example, I got a patient. The patient says, I need to use this drug and shows me the bottle. I turn my back. I turn my back and I very quietly walk away. I don't say a word. I don't look at the bottle. As far as I'm concerned, it's fizzy candy. I turn my back. Okay. I don't dare give advice on how to use it. If they OD, I can't help it. If they underdose, I cannot help it. It is total hands off. They've had to go to the internet to Drugs.com to get their dosages.
0: That is absolutely horrible. And again,
13: this and is I, th- this is if a I, problem if I do
0: it, created by government.
13: Well, even though I'm a foreigner, if I prescribed or assisted in use, they wouldn't call the State Department except to ship my body home. And that's a fact.
0: Yeah. And I know
13: this. A patient says to me, I have, I said. Listen, I don't know what you are talking about, but if you want to know how to take your aspirin, if you want to know how to take your Tylenol, go to drugs.com. Yeah,
1: wow. I
13: can't. I, I have no. If I touch it, I am gone.
0: Wow, Ian, thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks. Always love hearing that different perspective of how things are in another country, and you know, uh, fairly often. You know, we do criticize the U.S. government for doing (laughs) tyrannical things. We do that occasionally. But, you know, I do have to admit, it's not as bad here as it could be. In some places, it's worse. It could still be better. Right. It could still be better. But I I think, you know, a lot of times people will just hear me say it could be better. And then they're like, well, look at all of these places where it's worse. Right. Well, that's not an excuse
1: for it could be better. That's why the U.S. rates... Depending on the poll, uh 14, 17 and one, maybe it's seventeen in economic freedoms, thirteen and personal freedoms. It's not number one. Yeah. Uh well there are a
0: few things that we're number one on, like uh people in
1: prison. People in prison,
0: uh money spent on military police shootings. Police no shootings. A bunch of things that you don't want to be number yeah. one on. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Jermaine calling in from Miami, Jermaine, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thoughts.
7: Hey, good evening, guys. Um, Appreciate, uh, you know, you guys taking my call and also love what you guys are doing. Um, I just, uh, you know, uh, recently been watching your guys' videos um, and uh, it's uh, through Mark Sargent. And uh, I just wanted to input on like the whole Flat Earth topic. um, All right. Yeah. Hold hold your thought. uh,
0: Hold your thought. We'll bring you right back here in just a moment. In the closing moments of Free Talk Live, your calls and thoughts. Welcome 855 450. Free. This is Free Talk Live. Possibly time for you and your thoughts if you call in now, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And if you're going to do some shopping online, why not support Free Talk Live while you do it? Go to shop.freetalklive.com. And then from there, you can go to Amazon, Newegg, Walmart, several other uh, options There And you don't have to go to shop.freetalklive.com every time you start shopping. Just go there once and then bookmark the link that you need and then just click on the bookmark. And then Free Talk Live will wind up getting a small percentage of what you're paying. You're not going to be paying any more. You're just going through our link, shop.freetalklive.com. Back to the phones. We've got Jermaine calling in from Miami. And he's got some thoughts about the flat earth. Jermaine, you're on Free Talk Live. Continue with your thought.
7: Thank you. Um, Yeah, like the main uh, point I want to make is like, I want to just point out the two words. Uh, There's two different words, evidence and proof. Um, Those two have two specific meanings. And so evidence does suggest that something may be true, Mm -hmm. but proof actually removes doubt on the issue, showing it that it can't, that it cannot be any other way. So uh, my main thing is, like, all I'm saying is I'm 27 years old, and I believe the Earth was a planet my whole life, including my passion for, like, UFO phenomenon, mm-hmm. But until, like, a year and a half ago when I opened my mind to prove, you know, the Earth is a planet. And looking through legitimate factual sources on both sides of history, using my critical thinking, I, I did find this book-turned-audiobook in regards to the 200 factual proofs based on natural science that concludes the Earth is not a spinning ball, where you know people who would want to debate this, you know it's logical to to want to debate it, but they would want people usually cherry pick on any of those you know 200 proofs that they want to try to prove right. the globe. But in the pursuit of legitimate truth, you know one must stick to facts. You know, not assumptions or opinions. So okay. my main thing that I want people to answer is just like every single experiment that has been conducted to prove our Earth moving or curve has failed till this day in human history. Okay, like for example, Aries failure and Mickelson Morley experiment. So there's two of them.
1: Okay, real quickly, what's the name of that book? Um, the 200
7: proofs the Earth is not a spinning ball by Eric Dubé. Um. He did write the book, but as um, turned it into an audio book,
1: uh, like a video. Okay, okay. Video. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll look into that, because I've, since we've started getting a lot of calls from flat earthers, I am one of those people that doesn't like to just say, you know, I've always believed this to be true, therefore it must be true, and I'm I'm not going to doubt it. I have a lot of concerns about our government, and a lot of the things that they have told us were absolutely true, like you know, and the Gulf of Tompkin, um, the, the North Vietnamese fired on our ship yep, and that's what started, um, the Vietnam war. When the truth comes out, it turns out that, well, that wasn't exactly the way it went down and we kind of pulled ourselves into that. But as far as the flat earth goes, here's my biggest issue. My biggest issue is that for me to buy into this and, And I did take time to spend two hours of my life watching Mark Sargent's uh, documentary, which I thought was very well done. But here's where I'm at. For me to buy into this, I have to believe that the speed of light as we understand it is incorrect. Because so many things that we can measure, we can bounce off things in space or we can measure time fall by the wayside i've got to believe that the doppler effect is false i got to believe that everything that newton demonstrated about gravity is wrong i got to believe that the science of geology has it all wrong i've got to believe that the science of cosmology is completely false the science of astronomy is completely false the science of particle physics has it all wrong because these are things that we can observe not only on our own earth but we can observe in space we got to believe that Einstein got most of what he says wrong. We've got to believe that the the theory of plate tectonics is completely incorrect. We've got to believe that every government on the planet is somehow in collusion to perpetuate this lie that the Earth is round. And for the life of me, I don't see what that gains us. i got to believe that every amateur astronomer, not even talking government, has to be in collusion to perpetuate this theory that the Earth is flat. Or, or is round when it's actually flat i got to believe that every scientist that has ever done any research on the antarctic continent even if they were not government if if they work for a, a university that they're in on this that they everybody, are perpetuating everybody that's ever climbed that tall mountain on antarctica they're all part of the conspiracy they are part of that well. too every college and university that has an astronomy department is somehow in collusion or has it completely wrong because of all this, I I don't want this to come out wrong, but it's going to come out wrong. Sir, you use the phrase critical thinking, and I don't think it means what I think you think it means. Thank you for your call. Well, I do appreciate it. Uh, so let's
0: go to Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead with your thought.
12: Hey, guys. Uh, well, uh,
3: there is a Slovenian independence expert named Anna Stanitz. And she has this saying that the first thing you want to discuss about in, when, you're, when you're seeking independence for your state from from a nation, is as, as we're sort of doing in New Hampshire, um, she says, one of the first things you want to do, it feels like putting the cart in front of the horse, but the first thing you want to do is focus on monetary policy. And I think that was a Uh, That's one of the more more wise things I've ever heard from an independence activist she explains all the craziness that went on in Slovenia that was monetary related and I think uh, the monetary question can be used to sort of hit two birds with one stone if if you want independence there's going to be a central government who wants you to not have independence but that government is probably going to have a great deal of debt if independence uh, result in your state being able to do a better job of paying off the debt, there could be a sort of win-win situation, or a situation where you're playing the banks off against the central government. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Yep.
3: So I think that might, I mean, Sun Tzu said, uh, one may know how to conquer without being able to do it, and I don't have the ability to make monetary policy things happen. I think it's something that's worth talking about and talking about now while secession is still a crazy uh, fringe idea and not to be talking about it after it's staring us in the face like it did with Slovenia. Because they went from no interest in independence to full independence in two years. It was that fast that things changed.
1: Yeah, well, I think for liberty-minded folks, I think we have a pretty clear idea of what we— would see as a monetary policy if if a state were to secede right and know?
0: well as with all sort of policies i fall into the camp of no particular order ism meaning that you know there are a lot of things that i want to happen right and i don't think that you know most of them have to be do a before b so you know open borders and get rid of welfare i don't think you can say well we have to do one before the other and there's a lot of people
1: that say you can't do one before doing the other no but some things may make more sense from a common sense point of view um i understand what you're saying and and it seems like uh i i don't disagree i do think that that is a subject that should be uh discussed earlier rather than later and you know i i I think many of us uh agree that, that fiat currencies are a real evil and fractional reserve banking is a real evil. And government run banks are also a real evil. And
0: sadly there's a lot of you know people that claim to be libertarians that are supporting having a state bank of New Hampshire. <laughs> and I, I just okay. see that as, you know, perpetuating a problem. Dave, I wish we had more time. Definitely call in earlier tomorrow night. And the only reason I'm dropping you a little early is because I just saw a headline that I would not be doing my job as a radio host if I did not mention this before the end of the show. Apparently, the U.S. military is now at war with Syria. Headline from CNBC, U.S. military has launched more than 50 missile strikes aimed at Syria U.S. military officials confirmed 59 Tomahawks had been fired, which hit an airfield near Homs. President Donald Trump confirmed the attack late Thursday, saying he had targeted the Syrian airfield from which an earlier chemical attack had been launched. And now there's previous reports earlier in the day today saying that it was actually a group of Syrian rebels that did the attack, not the Assad government. Still, early details are coming. We're out of time for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, always online at freetalklive.com.
10: Why did you move to the Shire?
6: I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the
9: Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me like, do this right now.
6: I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be.
0: I've always wanted to change the world. So I moved to the Shire to join people who were actually working towards doing the same thing.
3: The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort
6: of be part of that.
10: Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.